The Federal Chronicles Network presents the News of the Week with Jason Cousineau for April 4th, 2019, and I'm your host, Eric Render King Fisk. This week, we're covering the DNC's character assassination of Creepy Joe Biden, another Facebook security breach, MIT's flying ion wing, and the Russians fly over Area 51. Once again, I'm Eric Render King Fisk, and this is my masterclass. Stay tuned. I thought this music would be appropriate to play. Oh, yeah. Yeah. As we open up the show, talk. I love that 19, circa 1970s era porn music. So you'll never guess what we're talking about first thing this morning. We're talking about Uncle Joe. We're talking about Uncle Joe. Hey, baby, let me smell your hair while I put my hands on your shoulders. Oh, my gosh. Hey, it's Uncle Joe. Would you like a campaign contribution? I don't know if our listeners follow the news as religiously as we do, but um, we, we've slowly, slowly been watching the future political candidacy of Joe Biden slowly implode. <laughs> it, it's, it's like watching a test dummy crash in slow motion. That saxophone. No. I, I do too. That is that's actually a kill solo. That is. Oh yeah, yeah. I like that. <laughs> so I remember then Vice President Joe Biden. They were doing a press conference, and it was it was the wife of like a veteran or something like that. Yeah. And he had like he was like had his hands on her shoulders, was like rubbing her arms, and he leaned in real close to her ear and whispered something. Yeah. And the look on her face was like this plastered on smile that said, "If there were not cameras on us right now, I would have your balls shoved up your th- shoved <laughs> into your mouth so far that you would be shitting them out of your ass." And that just. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, it was just like, I mean, as crazy as it sounds, and I don't want to. Uh, I don't want to perseverate on this because it's sad. Because it, you it look is. at that. It's kind you, of pitiful. You look at that and it's like, he, it looks like somebody. And we're also, we're, I mean, we're, we're definitely talking about Joe Biden and his inappropriate mm-hmm. touching and groping in public places. And um, you and I would never get away with that, especially in front of the cameras. And uh, who, I mean, honest, there's a part of me that says who would really get away with that. You wouldn't let your pastor touch your wife or your kids the way he does in public. I don't touch my kids or my ex-wife when we were married. I didn't touch them like that when we were in public. It's just creepy. 
It really is. It's it, it, I and I've seen some of these. Um, what do you what do you call them when they these composites, the, these rough yeah. cuts? And I'm, I'm I'm looking for a couple of links to put on our show page. And um, this guy is like, um, it's always been a little creepy. But when you see all the the images sewn together um, yeah. of him just putting his hands on people's and putting his hands on his shoulders or around their waist or around their arms. And it's like, smell their hair. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. really nice. Right? Mm. It's just, ugh. Is that pure? You can just imagine. Oh, your hair smells so very nice, and you're just like, (laughs) just no, no. It's not something you do when there's cameras on. But here's the question, Mm -hmm. and here's the honest, sincere, genuine question: Why is this coming up now? Why, why all of a sudden are we talking about creepy Joe Biden's inappropriate touch now? Well, that's. That's the thing that's suspicious to me is the timing of it. Yeah. 2019. Right. The 2020 election is coming up. The Trump re-election is right. coming up. Right? right. It's March. And we have heard pretty much jack shit about who's running against Trump, which is absolutely shocking to me, considering how universally reviled the man seems to be. Well, hold on a second. What do you mean? There have been plenty of people on the Democratic side who have have announced that they're running. Um, yeah. Okay. Name three. The um, top three that pop in your head. Elizabeth Warren. Um, I'm waiting. Beto. <laughs> um, yeah, Beto. Um, and Sam, what happened with him? He likes to stand on 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 tables. Mm, apparently. Yeah. Um, did I say Bernie Sanders? No, but I think that's a given. Bernie's going to run, uh, considering the shellacking he got and the way the Democratic Party screwed him over yeah. in the 2016 election. I would be, I would not have thrown my hat in with him if I was him. But you know, the one, yeah, the one Democrat I like to listen to, and on the Joe Rogan Experience number um, uh, 1170, Tulsi Gabbard talked with joe on the show for the show is an uh, one hour 43 minutes and 42 seconds other than i don't know much about it but she sounds intelligent she sounds articulate she's a real genuine um anti-war advocate and she's also a um a veteran um so there there's you asked for three i gave you four um yeah, but other than that, I mean, there's you know Kamala Harris. I think is running. Who? Kamala Harris. I think. Oh, no, we're talking serious candidates who aren't going to get completely <laughs> thrown out of the fucking ring by their own parties. Uh, but seriously, though, other than unless someone's paying attention, like close attention to right. that, where would you have heard? No one does. No one knows that. Well. I, here's the thing I don't understand, and maybe it's just because of the way my Twitter algorithm is set up. Um, I'm tripping over news about who's running for president, and also see, I'm not. That's that's weird. I'm not. I'm real. I'm really not. I mean, the Joe Biden thing came up because um, that was pretty much a given. I've seen a bunch of articles about how Hillary should run, and it's her turn, and how Hillary said, "Fuck that, I'm not doing that again." Um, yeah. I, I don't believe Which that. Which I think would be a mistake for the Democrats if they did throw in behind Hillary. I think yeah. that would be a mistake because the last thing you need is a rehash. Yeah. 
Um, people make, although I, yeah. I honestly believe she would win this time if she ran. Um, I think she anything she tried to do would be completely neutered because if she did win, it would the I think Congress would go heavily Republican. And that would basically neuter anything she wanted to try and get done. Yeah. Because the, the Republicans are not going to do anything yeah. that Hillary Clinton wants to get done. They're just not going to do. Um, so I think, honestly, I think we need new. Yeah. Um, from the other, from the Democrats. Um, as far as Trump goes, I would really like to see him say he's not running for re-election he's done everything he possibly can and he's done more than every other president combined because you know his that's, ego and all that that's shit. what he says but i'd like to see him say he's not running and i'd like to see a fresh candidate come in not mike pence but someone else although mike pence would be definitely one of the people that's going to run he well, wouldn't get my yeah. vote but he would be one of the people that's going to run i would like to see trump uh pull himself out of office william weld former massachusetts governor who is a Republican? Who I, I don't was know. Was he though? Was he? Well, in he's, he, I guess you, he's what they call a rhino, Republican in name only. But he was also uh, immensely popular as governor. What in the nineties? Um, wasn't he? Wasn't he enormously popular, or just popular enough? I mean, it was shocking how popular he was as a Republican governor in Massachusetts. Which is a heavily Democrat state, which right. tells you about how conservative he is and how Republican he is. Yeah, he yeah. But I mean, it's like if you look, if you're looking at a moderate who to replace Trump, you're not looking at Bill Weld if you're looking at a moderate. I don't know. I don't. I, I don't. I, I'm, I'm grasping. Bill Weld at, is left of center. I'm, gra- I'm I'm grasping at straws here to try yeah. and give William Weld the benefit of the doubt. As far William as, but, Weld was, correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't he? Appointed by Bill Clinton as the um, ambassador to the Mexico, Irish, the ambassador to Ireland, or something. Well, let's ask the Oracle of Google here. Yeah, but he was. He, but my point is, he was elected by a solidly Democrat president as an ambassador. That's not something that you see happen. Yeah, from either side. In July, you know, 19- they tend to throw yeah. people of their own party into positions like that. So Bill Weld, if he were to run as a Republican, I think would not make it through the primary. I don't know. But, on, but yeah. the thing to me is that why aren't we seeing more people on the Democrat side of things? I mean, fucking Trump is Trump. For crying out loud why aren't you People seeing this more? guy that's the question i have and that this this just goes to show how the the experience for twitter or other people's twitter experiences are completely different because okay. i i follow certain people of a political leaning like um jimmy Dore. I follow him and I see announcements about people running for president. There seems to be like a new one every week, but there nobody seems to be getting nobody's captured the imagination. Um right. yet. I mean cuz I I just did a quick search Democrat president candidates for president. Yeah. And Google of course has got to yell at me. It should be democratic, but okay. whatever. All right. Um Cory Booker. Yep. Julian Castro, I have no idea who the hell that is. Uh, no, Amy, I don't know either. Amy Klobacher? 
Klobuker? I, I don't I have no idea who that is. Beto O'Rourke, which we've already discussed. Yeah. Bernie Sanders. Uh, Elizabeth Warren. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> yeah. I that was that was a sneeze. Yeah. That, uh, Jay Inslee. Of these people, I've heard of Beto O'Rourke, Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren. Elizabeth Warren is not going to get anyone crossing the aisle to vote for her. No. Plain and simple. I, I, I she was the one who f- first said, you didn't build that. She's not going to go anywhere with anyone who's even slightly right of center. She's not going to get any votes, which is what's required for someone to win the election. Yeah. So she has. she's a non-starter for that reason and that reason alone. Beto O'Rourke, we've already discussed. He's got issues. Um, Bernie Sanders, I think, also is not going to get many people crossing the aisle simply because the man's the man's trying to give away everything for free in an era where we're trying to rein in yes. what the hell the government's doing and what it's giving away to people. Yeah, I don't think the government should step in and dictate anything about higher education right colleges should not be the the realm of the federal government that is something that i believe the states should should take care of for their own state universities but other than that it's it's private yeah you know um that's just me personally and i think that's i think that's a losing bid for him yeah and other than that i mean he's an avowed socialist and there's a lot of people that think he's great but from studies that I've seen anyway, those people who think Bernie Sanders is great are unlikely to vote. So we'll see how it goes. And plus, I think a lot of them don't have any confidence in the Democrat Party standing behind him because of what happened last time I with just Bernie. Don't, I just don't see it happening. I really don't either. I mean, they have a lot of good reason to not trust the Democrats at all. You know? No. They really don't. And plus, the guy's what? He's got to be in his late seventies. He's How old he, he's he's, pu- he's pushing. He's pushing it. He really I mean, he he's good. he really is pushing it. Yeah, yeah. He's I. I hate to say the age age thing is a factor, but the truth is it is. Yeah. Um, because who's going to be his running mate when you're dealing with someone who's over seventy five years old running for the most stressful job in the world? You have to seriously consider who his running mate is because chances are pretty damn good they're going to be running the show within four years. Yeah. You know, I mean, Bill Clinton was in decent shape when he got into office. Um, Bush 43 was in decent shape when he got into office. Fuck, Obama was in pretty damn good shape when he got into office. And you look at all three of them from the beginning of their term in office to the end of their term in office. Yeah. They aged like 50 years. Yeah. It's a very stressful job. I just don't see someone... Like Bernie Sanders, who A, is not in great shape. He's in decent shape for his age, but only decent. Second of all, he is in his late 70s. I just, that's... I ugh. just, I don't know. I, I honestly don't know what to say in regards to, to Bernie Sanders and whether or not he can stand up to Donald Trump because he caved at the last minute for, quote, party unity. Um, yeah. And he was screwed by the DNC. Tell me, because if you screw me once, shame on you. Screw me twice, shame on me. Right. Screw, screw me three times. I think we should talk about like a commitment. Um, 
but or at least buy me dinner. Come yeah, on. I mean, yeah, but <laughs> I mean, how can Bernie Sanders look at the DNC after what happened in 2016 and the controversy surrounding that? And it's a huge. I mean, the relationship that Bernie Sanders has with the DNC is like a Rorschach test. You see what you want to see. I see a guy who was screwed by the establishment because everybody because. Everybody owed Hillary a Clinton. This is what it looks like, whether it's reality or not. I have no idea. But it just looked like um, everybody owed Hillary Clinton a favor. And when she would was presumably going to be elected, she would return the favor by appointing people to special committees or appointing them to... Uh, special well, offices and stuff like that. You look at what happened with the superdelegates here in New Hampshire and how they gave the win to Bernie. And yeah. I mean, they took the win from Bernie, cut it in half and gave half of it to Hillary. 68% of people here in New Hampshire voted for Bernie Sanders during the D, the, the DNC primary. And, and this is, this is not disputed. No. I mean, there's been mainstream news media reports on this. And so this is not like oh conservative media is trying to take him out. No, this is this was on CNN and shit. Listen to Bernie Sanders supporters here in New England talk about what happened during the 2016 elections, and you'll understand why people are upset. But the thing is, they're upset at the establishment, and they're also upset with Bernie because at the last minute he did that ridiculous commercial about how now's the time we need to band together, and he almost said, "I'm with her." And no, it, it's yeah, you know, and he he, I don't know if whether or not we should admire him or not. Um, but no, I, I think I think Bernie Sanders burned himself, and um, he's not. I don't think he's going to get the party nomination. I honestly don't think he has the momentum he did then. No, I really don't. Um, I think part of it is because of of the fact that he did basically throw in the towel in the name of party unity. Um, I think that's part of it. I think part of it is also just the fact of his age. That is a genuine factor. Um, I also think a lot of the people that threw in for Bernie have are disillusioned with the Democrat Party. Just like there's a lot of people who threw in for Gary Johnson, who I do, are disillusioned like, like with the Republican Party. Yeah, you know, if if we were to have a good solid third party candidate or two running this year, they may actually make a decent dent. Yeah, which I would love to see. Um, but I would like to see two of them. I wouldn't like to not see one of them. You know, I would like to see two third-party candidates come in. I would like to see it be a four-way run, not a three-way run. Yeah. Because it's just, yeah. I mean, you, it, the Democrats and the Republicans both have hurt themselves over the last four years. Yeah. Ironically, the Republican Party has hurt itself both by oh, yeah. agreeing with Trump and disagreeing with Trump. So they've hurt themselves. They were screwed no matter what they did. Whether they agreed with Trump or hurt or disagreed with Trump, they were screwed by people within the party. There's a lot of people within the party that don't like Trump. There's a lot of people within the party that love Trump. So, you know, speaking as someone who I'm I'm a conservative, mm -hmm. I consider myself libertarian libertarian leaning, but I'm not a libertarian. Right. There are things that the Libertarian Party 
stance behind that I personally do not. So I struggle with that. But I have no idea who I'm going to vote for this year. Because hell be damned if I vote for fucking Trump. I just, but it all depends on who the other candidates are. You yeah. know, if there's no one else running that I that I like, I may be voting only in the state level and and local level elections this year. I may not be voting at the at the federal level. Yeah. You know, other than you know my representative, but yeah, I may not be voting for the president this year. I don't know. I because it's too early to tell. But speaking right. about how it, it's too early to tell. Here's something yeah. I think everybody needs to know. They're trying to take Joe Biden out of the picture as quickly yeah. as they can. Why? Has he has not even announced yet. It seems like this is a preemptive strike against Joe Biden to make sure that he, he gets the message he's no longer welcome in the DNC. Go retire, Joe. Go do whatever. Well, I know late last year I heard reports that Obama recommended joe biden run we could use someone like joe or something like that yeah what he said um i know biden earlier this year did start an exploratory committee but again joe biden he isn't he up there in age two now yeah how old is how old is how old is uncle joe uh, let's check with the oracle joe Biden. just type in joe biden Joe Biden. Joe Dude. Biden. 76. So he's he's up there in age with Bernie. Dude. So the age factor is, is a concern as well. And I don't know about Uncle Joe. Maybe he's more like, a, oh, here we go. Joe Biden issues statement on misconduct allegations. Yeah. Uh, according to The Guardian. Then on MSNBC, Joe Biden breaks silence after accusations. Quote, I get it. <laughs> yeah, not, not quite so sure. Hell, at this point, I think Alec Baldwin stands a pretty good chance of fucking winning. Yeah, but you just you just look at this guy, and it was you look at what now is this a um, is this political assassination by his own party? This early in the game, it would have to be his own party. It doesn't make sense for the Republicans to invest money in something like this at this stage. They would they would it would make more sense for them to wait until until he's further along and they can gauge whether or not he's an actual threat. Yeah. That would just make more sense uh, for them to do. So anything this early in the stage, whether it's you're seeing it on the Republican side or Democrat side, it's going to be internal to the party. You got to remember it was around this time of the year when we started hearing things about Obama's birth certificate back yeah. in, what was it? 2000 or whenever the fuck it was. I, I don't remember. 99. Um, and that came out from the Hillary camp, the yep. Clinton camp, was the the whole birth the whole, thing the whole birth certificate the thing, thing actually started. I I believe if you listen if you know if you listen to the news, Hillary Clinton actually started the whole birther movement, according to certain people. We ought to look that up and see: is there any way that you can prove Hillary Clinton? started the whole birther movement. But I mean, that's sort of getting away from the topic du jour is that it looks to me that the DNC has not learned its lessons from 2016 and that they have already predetermined who's going to win the nomination. And they're going to move heaven and earth to make sure that whoever it is that they've already chosen is going to win. Um, I don't know who that person is yet. But Which is unusual. Normally, we would we would hear 
And, and on top of everything else, Joe Biden already has a website, AmericanPossibilities.org. All one word, American Possibilities. And I'm looking at it. This is a website for somebody. It's a slick website. It's, it's very clean. It's not cluttered. This looks like a website for somebody who is already committed to running for president. And it looks like they're looking to assassinate his reputation, his personality. I got to be careful what I say here because yeah. I don't want the Department of Homeland Security to visit us again. Um, but why? Why, other than the fact that they have already predetermined who their winner is going to be? Why, why are Democrats going after Joe Biden like this so early in the game? Are, are they afraid of him? Are they afraid of what he's going to do? Um, I, I wouldn't say it's fear. I would say they're just, I think they're just trying to, I think the Democrat, the strategists, the people in charge are trying to kind of clear the slate. Yeah. And I think if if they're doing what I think they're doing, they're letting a lot of people kind of bubble up, but they're not really drawing any attention to any one person. They're waiting to see who starts getting popular support before they throw into it. And also it builds up a sense of anticipation. And that way there, once once the, the powers that be is has determined who they're going to start to throw their their money and backing behind they're waiting to see because they need they know that they've they're struggling within their own constituency i don't think that has anything to do with trump i honestly think it has more to do with what happened with hit with bernie i really do but i think they're waiting to see where the popular tide goes on their side of things and then they're going to throw in behind it because they're trying to solidify their party at this point. That's what they need to do in order for them to remain viable. But if um, they're trying to solidify their party, why are they why are they doing this already? Why? Cause, because because <clears throat> you know as well as I do that if Joe Biden had become the main candidate, this would come up and it would come from the Republicans and they would have a hard time defending it in the post Me Too world. All of the Democrats would have a hard time, who were all behind the hashtag Me Too, would have a hard time standing behind Joe Biden and saying, but he's innocent. They really would. Yeah. You know, so I think this is them making sure that whoever they can, and again, when I say them, I mean the movers and shakers behind the Democrat Party, the people who control the money flow, whoever the fuck that is. Yeah, I think they're trying to see where the popular support goes, or at least get an indication of where that is before they start throwing any any money behind it. Because they they need to solid consolidate. They need to unify behind them. They want Trump out of office so bad they can taste it, right? Right. And I mean, the fact that we've only got one person on the Republican side running against Trump, I think, just tells you how the Republican Party itself is also kind of looking around going well shit <laughs> yeah you know they're the republican party is in the unenviable position of having a candidate having a president in their party that they don't like that's tough but in spite of that he's still popular enough with the rank and file that the people in charge even though they hate him can't do anything about it no i mean I didn't vote for Trump last time. I'm not going to vote for him this time. 
I may just end up not voting in the presidential run because I'm not I'm not going to vote for a candidate I don't like just to spite someone else. Yeah. You know, for me, if it's between a candidate I don't like because he's got the right parenthetical letter after his name, that is me throwing away my vote. Yeah. And because G- I don't vote for the party. Well, I vote for the candidate. And here's one of the things that a lot of people have been talking about. Whereas, and and Jimmy Dore talked about this a lot, um, and I just mentioned Jimmy Dore because he's very outspoken about this, and he calls it democracy shaming. Let's, let's, the, the nightmare scenario, as it were, imagine, imagine a world where there is two political parties, and the two political parties put forth somebody who a voter, an intelligent, educated voter, will look at the two members or the two candidates from these two parties and say, I can't vote for either one of these guys. I cannot go vote for this guy and this gal. I can't do it. I honestly, I cannot stomach the idea. But I look at this third candidate and I look at the third candidate and says, everything that he says, 90% of which I agree with, I agree with 90% mm-hmm. of everything that he says. So he's my, I would rather him than these two other people. If you were to drag me into my basement, handcuff me to a metal folding chair, and inject me with sodium pentothal or do the Chinese water torture, I would tell you that this is the one person I would rather have as president. And not only that, he was a governor of a state, which is something these two other candidates on the mainstream parties have never done. How how is that bad for democracy to vote for the third party candidate? Now, I if I vote for the the third party candidate, people would say a vote for the third party candidate is a vote for let's just say it. If I voted for there are people who were on who were so-called Republicans who told me that a vote for Gary Johnson is a vote for Hillary Clinton, which is bullshit. And then the Democrats right. told me that a vote for Gary Johnson is a vote for Donald Trump which is bullshit. I looked at which is I, equally bullshit. I looked at the three candidates and I said, I do not want either Hillary Clinton or Donald Trump as my president. Yep. This is the guy I want. I think he would do I think Gary Johnson would do a better job as president than than Donald Trump. And Democrats, Democrats took me to task on this. And said, and, and said that what I did was awful for democracy. As Jimmy Dore had said, that's democracy shaming. Yeah. The idea that you, you and he jokes, he jokes about this often on his podcast. Nobody is allowed to vote for a third party candidate until more part, more people vote for third party candidates. That's ridiculous. Right. And the, well, the truth of the matter is that both Republicans and Democrats would rather see you vote for the other party than for a third party candidate. Neither they've got such a lock on the government. And we've discussed this before. Yeah. When a freshman when a freshman congressman or senator goes into Washington, DC, they have to say who they're gonna caucus with. Right. They're either caucusing with the Republicans or they're caucusing with the Democrats. And that's who they permanently caucus with on every single issue. A candidate cannot go in there and say, okay, well, on financial matters, I want to I want to caucus with the Republicans. On domestic um, on domestic societal issues, I want to caucus with the Democrats. On 
uh, a war, I might go between either one. Right. No, you've got to pick one party or the other. So everything, all the bureaucracy within Washington is geared up for two parties, and that's it. There is no way of handling a third-party candidate within the bureaucracy. They don't know how to do it. No. They, that doesn't mean they, they can't fucking figure it out. just means they don't want they to. They don't want to because, figure it out. That's the sad part. Right, because, well, the truth is that the, the bureaucrats have a lot of power. The unelected bureaucrats in Washington, D.C. have a lot of power. This is why, for now anyway, I'm against term limits because... If you have nothing but freshman senators and congressmen pretty much the entire time, that means the bureaucrats are the ones that are going to be in charge. Because when someone goes into Washington, they get handed a staff by whichever party they're caucusing, mm-hmm. right? And that staff is who they rely on. None of the congressmen ever read the fucking Affordable Care Act. None of them. No. No one who voted for it read it. They all had summaries at most that they read that were provided for them by their staff. That staff was given to them by their party. Those parties draw those people for the for that for that staff from a pool of people who are in Washington. That's just how it works. Now, some people on that staff lean politically one way or the other. Um, the yeah. parties, I believe, probably do their best to ensure that they get they staff people who agree with them more than people who don't agree with them. But the truth of the matter is, is most of the time, our representatives, whether they're at the Senate level or at the House level, are not reading those things. That's being done by their... And you can't really say that they shouldn't or couldn't, because how many times do they vote on a bill? How many hours are they spending? in the Senate hall or in the in in the House of Representatives where they're in committee and they're discussing things or they're 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 holding hearings or whatever. And on top of that they've got to read these bills that are hundreds and thousands if of they pages. actually read them. Because r- rumor has it from what I have heard that they actually have a team of staffers mm-hmm. sit in a conference room somewhere and it's like, okay, you you know, you have 10 people, you take the first 10th, the second 10th, the third, third 10th, and so on. And then they have, yeah. then the senator or the congressman will have a meeting and says, okay, what's in this bill? And you hope that your staffers actually read the bill. Who has time for this BS? Yeah. Who knows what's in, who knows what earmarks and what pork is in these Well, that's these just bills. it, because then just the bill process where it goes into a committee, the committee makes changes to the bill. Then those staffers are supposed to reread that? No, they just read what's changed in it, what changes or amendments have been made to it. You hope. You hope, because who knows? I mean, we hope anyway. And then it goes into committee on the in the other house, whether it's the House or the Senate. It goes into the other side, right? So if a bill started in the House, the committee makes changes to it in the House, and then it goes to the Senate, and then the Senate committee makes changes to it. Then the House votes on their version. The Senate votes on their version. They change sides. Each one reads what the other side came up with. Then they pass a vote, and then yeah. they decide between them which one they're gonna they're gonna go with, which version they're gonna go with. And this brings, which, by the way, yeah. is not the way the is not the way the Constitution says it should go. Bills should originate in the House, and then the Senate should be the one that after the House has voted on it, the Senate votes on it, and the Senate should be the one that's doing all of the exploratory committees. And the investigations and all that stuff, as I as I remember the Constitution, it's been a couple of years since I read it. Right. 
that's the way it was expected to go. But no, they've they both do the same fucking job now. Now, theoretically, the Senate is supposed to be representing the interest of their states, not the interest of the people. And right. the House of Representatives is supposed to be representing the area of the state that they I don't think that's how it works. No. <laughs> Never drink 40 ounces of soda before you start the podcast. No, no, no. Uh, or, or or just or just have a bucket or a barrel n- nearby. I I, I think that we're, I think that we're sort of getting off the track here. Yeah, we are and, a little and, bit. And talk, which is fine. And which is which always happens. Yeah, just, it, it the system does not work the way that it's designed to be to to work. Right. What but what I will say and we were going to talk about this in last week's episode and I think we touched about it a little bit. Talking about the hysteria going on. If you, I mean, I'm telling you, as listen, not just Jay Cousineau, I'm telling our listeners, follow your Congress man or woman, follow your senator, follow your local representatives on social media and see what it is that they have to say. And watching my senator go absolutely batshit crazy over what happened after the Mueller report, and we're not getting into the Mueller report. That was last week's episode. But going yep. just, and she kept, um, she kept posting the same exact post over and over and over again. She must have done it five times a day for at least four or five. Every time I turn around, I look, you know. Senator Jean Shaheen shared a link and it was her comments about a news item from CNN over and over and over again. And not only that, but all the other comments were not included with that. So all the other comments were gone when she reposted the same news item. Now, the thing is, is that did she have somebody in her staff do that? Because it makes her... If, if, and were they doing it under her direction? Were they doing it under under her direction? Was she doing it? It looked petty and it looked unprofessional and it really looked kind of psychotic. The yeah. same news item over and over with none of the comments from before. And it was like, it's like, you know... Uh, you know I'm uh, Hey, everybody, I'm right about this. I'm right about the earth being flat. I'm right about this. And, you, and you're going to submit... To, to my knowledge bomb, whether you like it or not. And she's crazy. I mean, it, it, yeah. it, every, t- every time I looked at my phone, she re-released the same, she reposted the same story. I'm going to give her the benefit of the, of the doubt and say it must have been somebody at her staff who thought that they, they knew what they were doing by doing the automatic posting of, of a story. And, and by the way, we reached out to Gene Shaheen. Senator Gene Shaheen got an invite to be on our show to talk about what's going on, whether it's on the Metaphysical Connection, the Fedora Chronicles radio show, or the next podcast that I'm developing now. You would think that you would get back to a constituent in your state who has a podcast and at least set the story straight. And if you can't do it, send somebody on your show who can I would, I would think that if you were Gene Shaheen, you would want to be on a podcast that has dozens of listeners all over the world and, and, and listen to what you have to say and straighten me out. 
Tell me how I'm wrong. And Jay, if you wanted to have your senator or congressman come on the show and talk about mm-hmm. things, hey, that would be that would be exciting. That would be awesome. Yeah. But the idea that it was like you're going to use social media and you're going to keep posting this. Oh, and and but in all fairness and in full disclosure, in my invitation said, I'm very concerned about Jean Shaheen. I'm very concerned. Is she okay? Is she all right? Is she having a, a, a breakdown? And I mean, to be honest, we have to look at this. If you look at this objectively, part of why you're why you focused on this is because this is not standard behavior for her. This is outside of normal behavior. It really is. I mean, you may disagree with her politically, but she's never basically spammed one thing for like 24 hours. She's never spammed like this. That's exactly what she did. She was spamming this one news item, this one news article from CNN. And it was- So it's it's that the behavior is out of the normal is more alarming yeah. than the fact that she disagreed with Trump. I mean, horror of horrors, a Democrat yeah. disagreed with Trump. Imagine that. Stop the presses. Now, what folks but, what folks don't know, because I actually paused recording while Jay had to take a pee break, I was actually looking at a news item, and I want to, because we, like, we've been at this for almost like 45 minutes. Um, yeah. Tucker Carlson, of all people, apologized to Joe Biden about participating in the pylon against him about with all this stuff about inappropriate touching and whatnot. Um, By putting a pin in this, I'm going to say the DNC, they are eating their own and they're, they're trying to assassinate his character because they're afraid that he's going to sweep the party nomination and people ought to be concerned about that. I think they don't really care about what they do to his, honestly, I, I, I think they don't care about what they do to his, to his character. They just don't want him to be the candidate. Yeah. Because they know, this is a big thing that's just sitting there in the background, right? Yeah. The Democrat Party, because of what happened with Bernie Sanders last year, has lost a lot of, you know, they lost, they've lost face. Yeah. They've lost faith of the people in their party as a result of that. So I honestly think that's what, and I know I mentioned that before, but I don't think they give two shits about what it does to Joe Biden's reputation, career, or anything else. I they don't just think want him really out. Shit. Yeah, they just don't want them. They they want another candidate other than Joe Biden. They yeah. want someone who they can put forth that will appeal to people in the middle because the middle's getting bigger. That's something that I think I'd love to see polls on this, but I don't I'm not aware of any polls on this. I think the number of people who are solidly in the camp of one party or the other is shrinking just because both parties are just horrible. They, they <laughs> just really suck. are. They, they, they I, really do. I, I, can, I, I do not have confidence in either political party right now. I honestly don't. But here's what I do yeah. have confidence in, Jay. Um, I, have co- I, I, I have confidence in Facebook. I have confidence <laughs> in Facebook. <laughs> I can't even say it. I, can't, I cannot even... <laughs> I can't even say it with a straight uh, face. There's, Facebook is in the news again, and it's not for um, it's not for good reason. This is from Wired, and we actually talked about this earlier in our pre-show. I don't know why. For the longest time, I thought Wired magazine was called weird. I I, I don't know why, but it's called. It's, that wouldn't necessarily be incorrect. It it, <laughs> it 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 does have some weird stuff in it. That's for sure. Um, 
third-party apps expose over 540 million Facebook records. Cybersecurity firm found that two different third-party Facebook apps left millions of records about users sitting unprotected on Amazon servers. Wow. Yeah. What did we say? What did we say about the marriage between Facebook and Amazon? And how we were talking about uh, we were, Carol and I were talking about getting a brand new coffee machine, and we were talking about the Nespresso, something I never heard of before. I go and I sit down at my desk, open up Facebook, and there's an ad for Nespresso. Tell me that there's not some kind of it's a wild coincidence, but I don't believe in this instance that this is a coincidence. Um, no, and I and I and and we've said your information is not safe. Your, your information is not secure. You need to be careful about the information that you post online. And, and let's also clear up something else that a lot of people out there are in denial over. There is such a thing as the dark web. There is such a thing as the oh, deep yeah. web. There is a difference between the dark web and the deep web. Yeah. The truth of the matter is that your information, regardless of the steps you've taken to prevent it, is more than likely freely available on either the dark web or the deep web. Yeah. For the vast majority of average people, regardless of what country you're in, your information's out there and it's available. Yeah. It is. It just that's just a fact of life. So to some extent, leaks like this are like, eh, whatever. But the problem comes in with leaks like this is that we are trusting these companies facebook google amazon we're trusting them and we're putting a lot of information about ourselves on them and i think a lot of the information that is being used is really being used in mostly benign fashion but when you combine that with the fact that the government now thanks to the patriot act which started under bush was reinforced under both obama and trump yeah is collecting all of that information on us. Our government is collecting this information now. It is also getting that getting information shared to it from Google, Facebook, Amazon, any of these breaches. They have it all as well. They really do. And there's a part so, of, yeah. So I mean there's, so, there's an to an extent the government if it wants to can figure out anything they need to about you. Oh sure. Oh, sure. And they don't even need a warrant because you're volunteering this information in one way, shape, or form. Yep. We, we were, one of the things that we, that's also that we wanted to talk about is that my wife had noticed when she pulled in the driveway, she got a Facebook alert saying, hey, you're home. Would you like to check in on Facebook and let everybody know about how your day went? And I'm being a little facetious, but she did get an alert saying, hey, you're home. You yeah. know, would you would you like to tag, uh, you know, tag you know, it's a message asking, hey, do you want to like post something about, hey, you're finally home or something like that. And that creeped her out. That was weird. Like Facebook is literally yeah. stalking her. And it's not just Facebook. Like I went to a restaurant the other day and I got pinged. Hey, what did you think about this restaurant? I think it's none of your fucking business. That's what I think <laughs> about this restaurant. Yeah. I think they serve food. I think I ate food, and I think that's all there needs to be done about it. I don't think everybody you know, needs to know, but he, right now, 
No, here, you know, we're we're, yeah. we're giving up so much security and so much of our our privacy, and we're doing it in the name of oh, it makes me feel important or whatever, whatever reason people have for posting on Yelp or Facebook or Twitter or whatever about places they've eaten at. You know, the whole idea of, you know, you had all the so-called foodies, foodies that were out there and they were taking pictures of their dinner and posting it on Facebook or Yelp or whatever. Why? What point is that? I mean, if you want to let your friends know you ate at a restaurant and it was great, don't you have their fucking numbers? Can't you just call them on a the phone or send a text message to them? I don't understand. Why does it why, have to go on Facebook? Why, why is it so important for you to know all of these things? Okay. Why? Because everyone's got at least one friend that's going, why the fuck are you doing that? Everyone does. Exactly. I know all of my friends have one because I'm the one that does it. So, yeah, you know, I mean, yeah, great. You had you enjoyed yourself at the restaurant. That's awesome. I'm glad to hear it. I'm glad you had a good time. However, why are you posting that shit on Facebook? Why is that online? Why does that need to be online? You know, and again, for the most part, it's all benign. It doesn't really matter. It's not like someone's going to break into your house because they're looking at your Facebook posts and they know when you're not there. Or is it? Yeah. If someone wanted to do something malicious to you and they were following you on Facebook and you are posting when you're in and when you're not, then, you know, it'd be a good idea for you to, oh, I don't know, not tell them when you're not home. Don't do that shit, man. Yeah. I mean, when I leave the house and I'm going to be gone for some time, I don't post it. I don't post that I've been gone until I'm back. If I post at all. And I mean, you and I are friends on Facebook, so you know how often right. I post on Facebook. Hardly ever. I post more on your Facebook page than you do. This is true. But I post reactions to the shit you post on That's Facebook true. Page, I so. mean <laughs> But but Jay, here's here's the here's the scary thing. Um mm-hmm. as you know, I my second job is that I drive. I drive f- for a rideshare company. And mm-hmm. I can and I'll talk about this later. Me driving for Lyft is not the topic of this show. Mm-hmm. Um but he, but here's the deal. Um every everything moves at a rapid pace. I pick somebody up, I drop them off, and I get an alert to pick somebody else up and drop them off. I found this amazing location. Somewhere between um, Nashua, New Hampshire, and Lawrence, Massachusetts, somebody is converting an old factory mill building in New England, one of these brick, beautiful buildings, and converting it into public space, like a mall, much like the Colony Mill in Keene, New Hampshire, that is no that recently went condo. I love these places. I love these places that um, converts old something old into something new. That's a very steampunk or diesel punk thing to do. Okay? Mm-hmm. And I said, I got to come back here and see what's going on. And I, all I knew is that the name of it was The Mill. And I'll, I'll come back to that. What I didn't know is that there are all, all these other similar places called The Mill, which is essentially the same exact thing, but in different towns. And I did a, I did a Google search, and I kept coming up with The Mill Number 5 in Lowell, Massachusetts. That's not the one. That's another one I want to check out. 
Okay. So, and the thing is that I was like, how can, how can I, how can I backtrack? How can I, um, how can I, how, how can I find this? How can I backtrack and re-engineer? And I tried to drive the same road back, you know, re, you know, find my way back. And just as I got close, I got another alert. You got another a passenger to pick up. So I was, okay, I'll go and I'll pick up the passenger and come back later. And I went on this wild goose chase. And then I thought to myself, open up Google Maps and see if whether or not somewhere in there, um, it's been tracking my location. Of course it has. And that's exactly I. That's what I, exactly what I did. I was able to retrace some of the places. If you stop for a couple of minutes, it records it on your cell phone uh, under Google Maps. Mm-hmm. And I was also able to look like, for example, um, I looked at the map. I looked at North Chelmsford. Look at all the pictures in North Chelmsford that people have tagged on on Google, and there it was, the mill in North Chelmsford. But that what bothered me is that, or may, I don't know if it bothers me or it makes me feel more secure or it's a, it's a it's a complicated emotion. I can prove that I was somewhere or I wasn't somewhere thanks to Google and my cell phone. Well, this is this is where things get really kind of hinky, right? Right, because there are hackers out there and they are malicious. For the most part, the average person has nothing to worry about from a hacker. No one is combing the internet to find out about the $17.23 you've got saved up, squirreled away in one of your fucking bank accounts. Yeah. No one gives a shit about that. Right. Hackers, if they're hacking and they're doing it for anything other than just the enjoyment of of exerting their superior intelligence and hacking skills on other people, if they're doing it for money, they're going to go after people who have money. So if you're a celebrity making millions of dollars a year, you have more concern to be worried than if you're some schmuck who's barely making ends meet at the end of every month. Right. Okay. That's the fact. Because it's easier to get your information than to get that celebrity's information because they can afford the things that are going to make their information harder to get. Yeah. That alone in and of itself is going to make it more enticing for hackers because a hacker, for the most part, all hackers are different. All hackers are motivated by different things. But a lot of hackers are curious. Yeah. They want to know the things you don't want them to know simply because you don't want them to know it. Yeah. Right? Maybe they can get something out of it. Maybe they can't. But the scary thing is when you add the government doing it, right? Do you really want the government to be able to track where you are at any given time at any given location? Sweet Jesus, I don't know. We all carry the means of doing that in our pockets. We're volu- Every cell phone has GPS on it. Every cell phone that has GPS on it is reporting its location back to servers from your inter- from your provider, your right. cell phone provider. And that information can be garnered by the federal government. And it's supposed to take a warrant, but who knows if they actually need to. And that's just an assumption of your location. And the truth is, if you really want to get sci-fi and paranoid and conspiracy theory about it, this is the paranormal uh, metaphysical connection, so why the hell not? Why not? That's just bits and bytes of data. They, can, they being someone skilled enough, could make it look like you were somewhere you were not and say, well, your phone was there. Yeah. 
I mean, that right there is the the background to a lot of fucking sci-fi movies. Yeah, as a matter of fact, they actually because had... the truth is, it's all just bits and bytes. Yeah, and they actually had something about this on last night's episode, or this week's episode of um, oh, NCIS. You know, whereas, you know... Yeah. So... It's- so the truth is, if someone really, really wanted to fuck with your life, they probably could. Yeah. And in that way, it's really kind of a step back from where we were in the 20s and 30s, where your word actually meant something. Yeah. Back in back in those days, if you stood up in court and said, I solemnly swear I was not there at that time. Well, then... They... That was considered evidence. Yeah. Nowadays, no one considers that evidence. They're like, well... Can you prove it? Well, yeah, I can't. I just told you I wasn't there. Right. Well, we have records indicating that your cell phone was there. Yeah, but I w- didn't have my cell phone at that time. Well, who had it? Yeah, I don't know. We have this con. Yeah, and we and we do you know, and I we mean, do. It, we have yeah, this. Con- we have this conversation. Yeah, we have. We so have. Yeah, there's just it, it's. It gets so infuriating. Then you find out. You read articles like this one on the drive. Where we find out that um, the Russians apparently flew over Area 51. Nice segue, Jay. Um, thank you. Thank yeah. You. Thank you. But the the thing, the interesting thing about this to me is not that they flew over Area 51 because I think that's hilarious in and of itself, but the fact that there's an open skies treaty. So anyone who's a member of this treaty, any country, can conduct surveillance flights over other countries on the treaty basically unhindered sure they just yeah all right all right yeah. i'm going to conduct a surveillance flight over england because oh. you know we're part of this treaty sure yeah go ahead we got nothing to hide except for what's when in area 51 like, when did we sign on to this fucking treaty with the <laughs> russians for crying out loud what the hell now granted i'm a cold war kid yeah. Right? I grew up in the 80s during the height of the Cold War. Yeah. We had some really, really cool movies and shit because of the paranoia that results from a Cold War. Yeah. And when I hear about the Russians flying over Area 51, the first thing I do is laugh. The next thing I do is, well, how do we know it was the Russians? And then you read the article and you're like, are you fucking kidding me? Exactly. I mean, the latest series of Russian open skies flights are being conducted out of Great Falls, Montana. What? There you go. What the fuck? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So, you can actually, they actually have pictures. If you go to the drive.com, yep. I'm sure Eric's going to post a link to it in the in the show notes yep. at the bottom. You can actually see they fly from, looks like LA, and, or is that San Diego? I think that's San Diego. Anyway. Yep. And then they go do this kind of hinky little funky flight. And they go back and forth. They fly over Edwards Air Force Base, Fort Irwin, National Training Center, Naval Air Weapon Station, China Lake, which is where we blow shit up all the time. Yep. And then Creech Air Force Base. Yep. Where the Yucca Flats are. And if you know anything about history, you know where Yucca Flats are and what we do there or what we have done there. Area 51 is right next to that thing. Yeah. You know, and then... Then there's the Dugway Proving Grounds, which it flew past. How is where we test some of our munitions and our weapons and shit like that? Uh, how is that? Well, it's a good thing we don't have any reason to not trust those Ruskies. How how is that not terrifying? (laughs) 
gosh. How is that not terrifying? How should, how would, how, you know, and let's just say just for the sake of argument, because we have talked about this often on the podcast. How, yeah. you know, we have, we, we know for a fact that, that, that it is, it's locked down and that I can't go and see what's going on in, um, on, in Area 51. I'm not allowed. I, I, I'm, I'm not allowed to see what's going as a citizen of the United States. I cannot go and see. Um, what, 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 what do they have going on over there? And the fucking Russians can. The Russians can fly over. What would happen to me if I flew my, let's just say I had a private just, plane. If I flew my private well, plane, no, they'd no, shoot me let's down. Let's go more realistic with it. Let's go more realistic with it. You can't fly a drone over these areas you can't fly an unmanned drone over these areas it's not legal cannot be done cannot fly a drone over a military base yeah yeah i know like seven people that have drones there's a huge air force base just up the street from me you never see any drones flying over it no just makes you wonder May, why yeah. why why is it that that's that's okay but if i do it i'm a bad guy you know Right. <laughs> or, well, it makes me. I'm now. Now I'm. I'm like ninety eight percent sure that we've thrown. We've flown similar flights over Russian space. Oh, I'm positive. There's probably an Area Fifty One in Russia, like thing in Russia anyway. Yeah. There's probably a a, a Yucca Flats area in Russia. There's, you know what I mean? There's probably you know the Dugway Proving Grounds area of Russia. Yeah. And no doubt we've flown as close as we can to those areas as well. Sure. And with the technology we have, the optics technology and the image resolution that we can get nowadays, close is good enough, right? So there's just a part of you that looks at all this and goes, what the fuck? We're supposed to be, you know, not trusting the Russians and everything, but we're allowing them to, to fly wherever the hell they want in our country. They're not supposed to be, you know, they supposedly don't trust us, but we fly over wherever the hell we want yep. to. Yeah. I just don't get it. I just don't get it. I'm fla- I'm and I'm flabbergasted. The thing is is that this is not why why isn't this headline news? Why is why isn't this on um How come this isn't like a big huge deal on any of the major news networks? How come we how come you had to find out about this on the Metaphysical Connection um Facebook group. Well, you can almost the the headline almost writes itself, right? I yeah. mean, Trump allows Russian spy planes to uh, yeah. fly over our most secure areas. Really? Right? Do you really, Why the hell didn't that show up? Do you really think you really think? Yeah. You you would have thought you would have uh, more you, evidence of collusion. <laughs> and it makes you wonder, it makes you debate your sanity. It 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 makes me doubt my sanity. As I'm making all kinds of noise, moving my microphone. Because the thing is, is like if this isn't on CNN and Fox, MSNBC, and all the major news networks, then did it really happen? It makes you wonder. I I didn't see it on the major news network, so it didn't happen. That's that's a, that's a huge problem. Well, a lot of people do actually think that way. I tend to not. I tend to think that if it happened on there, it probably didn't. If it if they're reporting on it, it probably didn't happen. I mean, look at what happened with the Mueller report. But um, yeah, that's last week's show. 
Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, no, I'm that's recap. fine. That's uh, fine. I mean, we can we can reference a little <laughs> reference here and there. Yeah. Um, but no, it just it just it drives me it drives me nuts when you read things like this because you're like, what 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 it but it, you know exactly. Can we at least pretend to make it hard for him? Yeah. <laughs> you know. You know. Or is there? Do they have some way of? messing with their cameras or something i don't yeah. i don't know it's just it it boggles my mind in some ways it really does it 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 does um what and what, again some of this is pulled over from the fact that we're cold work have to freely admit that oh yeah i mean there is something about the, uh, there was something about having a legitimate enemy and it, there was something about having a permanent enemy that seemed to make everything all better. Like, it's, right. Well, it's the same thing. I mean, in comic books, right? Right. The Joker won't let anyone kill Batman because life is so much more fun with Batman in it. Right. Right. It's the same thing with us. We need to have Russia. Yeah. Russia needs to have us. You know, there has to be those rivalries. Think of would sports be as interesting if it wasn't for like the Red Sox Yankees rivalry? Or I don't know. The. What's the the oblong ball game thing that people the, play? And I, I think it's called the football, Jay. The football, yeah. I mean, soccer, whatever. So these, without these rivalries, that's what draws people in. It's the drama that draws people in, and us as as humans need to find opposition. We need to have that opposition. Yeah. Uh, if you're not religious, you think that. You know, religions were made up in order to give us that opposition. If you, you know, if you look at the way politics works, you know, the whole, even the dichotomy between the Russians and the, and, uh, the Russians, the Republicans and the Democrats. Yeah. If you look at that dichotomy, that's how they help keep us divided, whoever the hell they are. Yeah. You know, whether it's the Greys or the Reptars or whoever the fuck. It is. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> You know, that's how they keep us divided and preoccupied because we get caught up in the drama of that conflict and it has to be a, a direct opposition, good and evil, light and dark. You know, you have to have that opposition. The more layers are in that opposition, the less interest we as humans have in it. Yeah. Except for those of us who, you know, have some severe, deeply seated psychological issues that I discuss every Thursday with someone and right. pay them a lot of money. <laughs> um, I'm talking about my bartender. Relax, jeez. So <laughs> I was thinking about your therapist, but okay. <laughs> oh come on, I'm old school. I go with the bartender. Yeah. I know he's not telling anybody because he's half asleep when I tell him. <laughs> so you know, but it we these are things that we as humans are drawn towards. And there's some of us do like the more shades of gray in our conflict, but a lot of people much prefer the black and white. The world yeah. becomes simpler when there's black and white. James Bond versus Spectre. Right. You know, Batman versus the Joker, Superman versus Lex Luthor, Spider Man versus, you know, Craven the Hunter or whoever. Right. You know? I mean, we need to have those clearly defined lines of black and white. Yeah. We like to explore those gray areas, but we prefer to have more black and white than yeah. gray area. Simply because it makes things easier for us. 
Yeah. It's us against them. They're the bad guys. We're the good guys. Yeah. You know? Um, so then you read things like this and you're like, what the hell? <laughs> yeah. Okay. It's a good thing, though, that MIT has got our backs. Yeah. Because they have just developed a plane that has no moving parts and is silent. Yeah. Talking, of course, about an ion engine. Yeah. And this is back in November of last year. Um, apparently, the scientists at MIT, and you, there's there's an article from news.mit.edu. Yeah, it's a real news actually, story. It's an ion drive engine. Because the thing is, the picture that we posted, that was actually, we didn't post it, but it was attached to the news item um, that we that we shared. Uh, the new the, the the picture of the flying vehicle is fake. Is it's just fake, but yeah. But this we so Jay and I did a quick Google search, and MIT ion engine. This is the news item that came up, and this is like it, MIT. Read this again. MIT engineers fly first ever plane with no moving parts. And I'm and I'm I'm flabbergasted by that, and I'm thinking to myself, um, two things simultaneously: how soon are we going to be able to do this and have this um, in everybody's driveway or rooftop or a helipad or whatever? And second of all, has somebody already been working on this? And this is when we see a quote UFO. This is what we're actually seeing. So an advanced version it does of make this? you wonder is there it does. is is there a you know a lex luther sitting somewhere out in smallville fucking kansas who's like you know Rhett, i'm going to go into my farm my family's barn and i'm going to put together this ion engine it's going to be powered by fusion reactors you know what i mean we don't know oh yes and it's make- quite possible there's some mad scientist out there somewhere who's who's waiting to lose all their hair in some freak accent so they can hate the alien that everyone loves i mean it's possible <laughs> right <laughs> uh, just just uh, just as it's possible about me you know talking with like permanent lockjaw listen next time you make me a martini make sure you use a madagascar vermouth <laughs> Not like you did the last time. <laughs> um, no, because you look, you look at this, and it was just like these kids in college figured out how to do this. That is awesome. That is incredible. Yeah. When am I going to be able to have something like that within my lifetime? And then to turn around, and then it's like there's a little nagging part of me that wonders, with all the trillions of dollars that the Pentagon misses and loses what are the chances that they already have something like this and they're like they're and 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 they're buzzing area 51 with it or something (laughs) i mean who knows so the reason why the reason why we're letting them the russians fly over area 51 is because as they fly by we've now connected this ion engine drone to their plane and we're sucking all of their data out of it, all of the information that they're sending back Maybe. to Mother Russia. We're relaying to us, and there's some guy sitting somewhere in some underground bunker going, fucking Ruskies. <laughs> we don't you know. know. And meanwhile, at MIT, there's there's two professors out there going, so that fucking kid wants to build a fucking uh, uh, an Iron Man suit? Do these guys actually do anything? What the hell? 
They'll just read comic books and watch movies all fucking day. <laughs> what happened to Chase and Tail like when we were kids? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Mickey, they don't call it Chase and Tail anymore, huh? What is it? Uh, <laughs> fucking Me Too movement. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> You could just imagine these guys, you know, sitting in a in a bar somewhere in South Boston, saying, "Me too. I got you. Me too. Right here." <laughs> oh, you you want to get on your iPhone? I got your iPhone right here. <laughs> and I love that it's South Boston too, because there was uh, a few years ago someone from. New York actually went to Boston to find out how deep-seated the rivalry was between the Yankees and the Red Sox. And he just wore a red a, a Yankees jersey and was walking around Fenway. And he got accosted a number of times verbally. People saying, you're wearing the wrong fucking shirt, dude. Telling you, you're asking for trouble. And then... I think it took like an hour and a half, two hours, and then finally someone just walked up to him and just decked him. <laughs> it's just pow, right in the eye. I'm like, oh my gosh. Yankee, you want your Yankees? I got your Yankee right, <laughs> right here. here. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Oh my goodness. Uh <laughs> But I actually am really excited about this Ion engine. Thing. Uh, I, mean, I am too. I am too. Well, yeah. I do have a couple of. I, I haven't finished reading all of this yet. Yeah. But um, the thing that intrigues me about this is this transferable technology. In other words, is this something that we could use for interstellar aircraft like they do in Star Trek? Don't know. Is this something that they could transfer to, say, an underwater don't know rov or something like that an underwater drone it's too early to tell and that's the exciting and scary thing about it. it's too early to tell right it is but we're on the cusp it's like you can almost feel that that potential is there that you know we've we've been making so many leaps and bounds with the internet and communications that another field is just waiting for that next big leap it's a shame it's all going to be for not when the caldera underneath freaking Yellowstone decides to blow up and <laughs> yeah. destroy the entire world. And yeah. We'll have another catastrophe. And then 3,000 years from now, people will be saying, what is with that big fucking statue in Egypt? What the hell's up with that thing? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, hey. Uh, speaking of the end of the world, I want to end the, the show on a, on a good note here. Um. Are we going to try and harmonize again? It didn't work so well last time. We had no, to cut it. And, and the thing is, the cat is still crying. Um, talking about us as a podcast, um, the news of the week with Jason Cousineau on the Fedora Chronicles Network here under the Metaphysical Connection banner here. Uh, I have been in chat with um, Miranda Nelson from Hypericon. And she and, uh, let's see, Steph. What is Steph? I know Steph's name here. I have it right here. Um, do, 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 do. Um, Steph, Stephiana Grimm. So I've been talking to uh, these two young ladies um, from Hypericon. And this is in Memphis, the same week as the Super 
villain summit that John Pica is throwing. I am trying to make two appearances at these two different conventions um, because I'm going to be in the neighborhood and they, they brought up this topic about toxic fandom. And my intention is to go and when I'm not at the Super Villain Summit with John Pica, I'm going to be going over and to, I think it's about 30 minutes away or 30 miles away, one of the two, and giving a talk on um, toxic fandom and how to combat it and what to do about online bullying. And we're also, um, I filled out a form, programming application, to talk about exploring the paranormal via podcasting and being on a panel about that. And um, let's let's see if we can pull this off. It's gonna be it's gonna be hard juggling this. Um, it's something I'm excited about. And, and when when is that time frame wise? It's supposed to, it's the weekend of July fourth. Mm, I might be able to swing that. I might not. I don't yeah. know. I'm gonna have to find out. You know, and and it's like if we have to get a room. I mean, as long as you can keep your hands to yourself. Um, I don't know. <laughs> are, are you gonna give me cognac? <laughs> <laughs> We're going to do this sober, Jay. Um, Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, no, and it's like I, I am excited about, about doing this um, for the Metaphysical Connection, the Fedora Chronicles Network, and being able to and, and, and meet John Pica in person. And maybe maybe we can like record something. There may there there may be some kind of state ordinance saying you cannot have these in, these insane lunatics together in the same confined space for too long. You know? <laughs> well, if not, there may be soon. <laughs> there might be. <laughs> Someone in Memphis went. Wait a minute. Maybe we should talk to the legislature mm -hmm. about. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I, and, uh, I'm, I want to have John Pica on the show sometime in the uh, not too distant future and talk about this, talk about what's going on in the realm of toxic fandom and what we can do to combat it. And, um, there's a whole bunch of other things that I'm also going to be talking about. We're going to be talking about sexual harassment at conventions and seeing if whether or not we can make conventions a safer place for, for young people, especially women. We actually want conventions yeah. to be a safer place for women so creepy dudes um, don't ruin their experience for them. So that's that's all I have for the week. Jay, do you have do you have any final last words that you want to share? And cognac um, cannot be one of them. Always limiting me. <laughs> <laughs> no, not really. Um, there, there is, there are some things that I, I think I'm going to want to discuss on future podcasts. I'm going to send you a couple of links to things that I think just uh, yep. they kind of stick with me. Um, but yeah, definitely, I'm definitely going to see if I can swing going out to hypericon at least maybe for a couple of days yeah because i think that would be freaking awesome i'd love to meet john I've yeah talked with him online like a few dozen times yeah and we also have um, to we I'd have to, to all, we also have to make sure that we don't overbook and over schedule because um john's event has to take priority over everything that we do 
mm-hmm. got to get that out. We do not we do not want to miss anything that happens with John's event. Um, so we're going to play this balancing act and see what happens. Right, and he's in he's in Nashville, right? He is. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure I'm sure we can swing it. We'll just have to we'll figure it out. We'll just got to do the do the geography and the math and and just do it's it. It's gonna be hard for me, you know. I only count up to four, so. <laughs> Not true. Not- That's what calculators are for. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right, Jay. We're gonna let you go. Both of us have to get to work, and I will talk to you again real soon. All right. Always a pleasure, Eric. Yep. That's what she said. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, what she said was more like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, oh. I don't know if I'm going to have to cut that out. (laughs) Uh, And I. This has been the Metaphysical Connection podcast from the Fedora Chronicles Network. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast via iTunes, Google Play, or Player FM. You can find our podcast via your Apple, Android, or Windows devices using those services and more. If your favorite podcast service or program doesn't feature us, let us know by shooting us an email via info at the fedorachronicles.com. You can be a part of the Metaphysical Connection by subscribing to the Fedora Chronicles Network on Twitter through at Fedora Chronicle. There you will find jazz era counterculture, vintage threads, lost history, conspiracies, the paranormal, and space news. You can also join our Facebook group at facebook.com groups, The Metaphysical Connection. Both platforms are great ways to join our growing community, connect with other friends of the show, and find out what's coming up in next week's episode. Most importantly, you can support the show by hitting the Patreon button on all of our show pages, metaphysicalpodcast.com. Patreons of the show get specials such as getting the podcast a day before the rest of the audience, heads up about future episodes, and other exclusives. Want some Metaphysical Connection swag of your own? Get your own damn Metaphysical Connection coffee mugs, t-shirts, keychains, and barbecue aprons at our Zazzle page. My house is full of them, yours should be too. Find them at www.zazzle.com slash Fedora Chronicles. Don't forget to check out our show sponsor, the Trinity Whip Company. Traditionally made kangaroo whips, top quality craftsmanship, in form as well as function. Handcrafted by Blake Brunning. Find his products at www.trinitywhipco.com. This is Carol Fisk thanking you for listening and signing off. Until next time, keep your chin up and your bra, excuse me, fedora on.